feeling well or aren't able to be here tonight, different ones. And uh, let's just agree together in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for your grace, for your mercy that is new every morning, for your compassion that fails not. We can do nothing without you, but with you all things are possible. And we trust in you. We trust in your word. We hope in you. We hope in your word. We stand on your word tonight that cannot fail. We exalt you, Lord. We bless your name, the name that is above every other, the name of Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. We praise you and exalt you this evening. I pray there be unity of spirit, Lord, that you would be magnified in our praise and in our worship. We lift our voice to you who alone is worthy of worship, God. We can do nothing of ourselves, but it's you that works. And so we pray, Lord Jesus, minister this evening. Minister into our hearts and into our lives according to your will. Let the word of God, the living rhema of God, reach into our lives. You who knows our frame, for it is you that has made us reach into our hearts, reach into our minds, reach into our spirit, Lord Jesus, and do the work that you desire to do. I open my spirit to you, Lord. I open my heart to you, God. I seek to receive what you choose to give. In Jesus' name, we worship you. We praise you, O Lord. We magnify you, O oh God. We cast down every imagination. We cast down every imagination. We set our thoughts and affections on you, Lord Jesus. We bless your name. We bless your name. The name of Jesus. Amen. Everybody said amen. That means it is settled. It is settled. Praise God. Praise God. I'm glad you're here tonight. You can be seated. I, uh, I am not trying to hurry, uh, but I, I just I don't want to get bogged down in any preliminaries tonight. I just want to dive into the Word. If you're here and you're a guest, thank you for being here. I pray God ministers to you. And I mean that with all of my heart. Amen. And I believe if each one of us, if our heart and mind and spirit is open, God will speak to where we are. That's what God does. He speaks to where we are. And that's why his word can be heard by 20 or 30 people and we can all hear it a little differently. Like there's been times in my life where I've been privileged and honored to speak or teach. And I've had two or three different people come up to me afterwards and say, man, that was just for me. I don't know if it was for anybody else, but like this was. And somebody else would say the same thing almost. And it's like, well, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. The Lord, in his way, his word reaches to where we are. He knows our frame. Because he made us. I'm thankful for that, aren't you? I um, want to share a story with you to start. And uh, it's a story about human beings. We're all human, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. So we can relate to this. I, uh, it was a few weeks ago. Uh, 
I, I don't think they'll mind me sharing this. Yeah, we'll be all right. I was thinking about that. A few weeks ago, anybody ever said something you wish you wouldn't have said? Okay, yeah, okay. See, we are human. Anybody ever forgot to say something you should have said? Okay, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, uh, it, it was a few weeks ago, uh, I, had, I had shared some things, and I, it went through my mind, make sure you communicate with so-and-so, uh, and, and I'll just tell you, they won't mind, they were so gracious, I, make sure you communicate with Brother Joey and Sister Stephanie, make sure you let them know, because they missed it, because they were teaching children downstairs at Sunday school. Went through my mind. I got to talking to somebody else after service. Got to talking to somebody else. Something else going on. Right? And then, man, I forgot. Didn't text. Didn't call. Didn't nothing. And uh, so, uh, thankfully, what I was supposed to reach out and communicate, they heard from someone else. And so, they reached out and said, hey, we heard, but we just want to double check. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Right? You've ever had one of those moments? Right? I'm like, Oh, no. Yes, absolutely. I'm so, so sorry. Forgive me. I meant to communicate. Right? Because sometimes when you're left, you ever been left out of the loop? And so, you know, depending on where you are in that moment or in that time, sometimes our human nature always assumes the worst. It's the thing about human nature. Isn't it funny? We don't always assume the best. Human nature oftentimes assumes the worst. And so, uh, if you or I get left out of the loop sometime, oh man, they intentionally did not. Right? That's assuming the worst. Heaven forbid they're as human as we are and they just forgot. No, they know, they knew, they should have, they could have, they, right? Isn't that funny? That's how our minds sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, right? Sometimes work. Now, the Charles didn't do that. Don't, don't, don't add that to the story, okay? Um, but I, I felt terrible. It just grieved me at that moment when they, and so they were gracious. They're like, you know, don't worry about it. No, no, it's fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it. We'll, we, we. So, well, then when I saw him later, I told him, I said, I am so, so sorry. I did. I meant to communicate. No, they, again, they were so gracious. Don't worry about it. It's not a thing. But so what was going on there? I said all that to say this. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. If you got your Bible and you're using a your Bible and not your phone, some of you are going to be like, okay, i got to find that one. That one's, that one's a little work to find. In your, you know, your phone, you just type and go, but in your Bible, it's a little work there. you got to find out. Only eight chapters in the Song of Solomon, I believe. So, so Song of Solomon 2 and 15. Solomon said, take us the foxes. The little fox. Everybody say little. I want to talk tonight about little things. Little things. 
Solomon said, take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines. Not the big, huge ones. It's the little ones. Take the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. Now, what's he saying? Why was I so concerned? Something just gripped me in that moment when I realized I had missed communicating. I, here's what came over me, not because I think this about the Charles. They're gracious and forgiving and as they were. But I know how little things work. Little things. Little foxes. And my mind was immediately like, oh, my goodness. I know the adversary would love to take that and say, see, you're down there doing Sunday school, and they just forget about you. They don't even think about communicating with you. Now, again, they didn't think or say any of that. But all this went through my spirit. Why? Because I'm trying to consider my brother and my sister and how my action or inaction affects them and the unity of the body of Christ. And it's little things that spoil the vines. The little things, right? I think it was James in his writing that made this statement, how great a matter, a little fire kindleth. It was a few years ago. Uh, I can't remember how many years ago now, but it seems like it happens every year now. We have these fires that are all over the place, right? And the valleys are filled with smoke. And Well, I remember quite a few years ago, there was one that happened, and it went across Ellensburg and down into the Kittitas area and reached, uh, I mean, it was a massive, massive fire. And what struck, stuck out to me is the way that fire started is they were doing work um, under a bridge. And somebody was running some power tool. I think, I maybe not get this exactly right, but I think they were like cutting a bolt with a, um, a power saw or, or doing something like that. And a spark threw off of the metal hitting metal. And that spark that flew off, they didn't notice it. And it started that massive, massive fire. Because by the time they noticed it and the wind that moves through that, right, all the windmills that are there, that little spark had kindled a great, well, James in his writing used that example, not the example in Kittitas, of course, but he's that example of how great a matter a little fire kindles. It's out of control. And so... You and I, in seeking to, like we talked about a few weeks ago, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, I, excuse me, I have to recognize it's little things that want to kindle big things. Anybody ever heard of the Hatfields and the McCoys? A few of you? No? Okay, Google it when you get home. Don't Google it now. Okay. The Hatfields and the McCoys are really the beginning of what was known as a great family feud. These two families, uh, I can't remember if it was Kentucky or somewhere back there in the the South, 
these two families, this huge family feud started brewing. And by the time the feud finally got settled, several family members had been killed. I can't remember the numbers now, so I don't want to start throwing those out there. But this went on for years. This huge feud between these two families that cost lives. And when they went back and said, hey, what started all this? They found out it was over a pig. Over a pig. And that little thing kindled something between two families. And over time, it grew. They forgot why it had even started. And it ended up costing lives in both families. The Hatfields and McCoys. Now, the Bible says in Proverbs 4 and 23, I believe it is. Maybe you can pull that up, Brother Renee. Proverbs 4 and 23. Yeah. Keep thy heart with all. Everybody say all diligence. That's not a casual thing. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Without changing context at all, that could literally say, with diligence, make sure you keep your heart. Now, what does it mean to keep your heart? A lot of translations don't use the word keep there. They use the word guard. Guard your heart with all diligence. That doesn't mean put up walls to shut people out. But the writer of Proverbs, Solomon also, the wisest man that ever lived, right? He said, guard your heart with all diligence. Be diligent about what's hitting your heart, what's affecting your heart, what's getting in there. Why? Because out of your heart, out of it are all the issues of life. And so what happens? Here's what the adversary does. The adversary says, if I can get a little thing, I don't need to get some big, huge thing. Let me see if I can get a small thing in there. Let me get a small misunderstanding. Let me get a small miscommunication. Let me get a small deception. Let me get just some little thing in there. And if I can get that little thing in their heart... I know this about human nature. That little thing, if it's left there unchecked, unguarded, not taken to the Lord, that little thing can become a big thing. A big thing. It's why Solomon said, let us take the foxes, the little ones that spoil the vines. It's the little things that come in and begin to spoil and erode and eat away. You know, it's interesting living here in these valleys. You look at the different fruit trees. And a virus gets into one of those trees. You may not even know. But then the orchardist is walking through and it looks, man, something's wrong with this fruit here. And then the trained eye recognizes, hold on. This tree's got a virus or this tree's got some bacteria or something. And they have to make a swift decision or else it can spread throughout the orchard. What started small, started in one tree, if it's not addressed, can begin to go 
Another place in Scripture says, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Anybody ever made bread with yeast? You know, yeast comes in those little packets. It's about two inch. At least it did when I was younger. I don't know what it comes in now. Packet, two inch. But you'd get like three or four of them in a strip. You'd tear one off. Well, I learned, I didn't know before, but I learned you don't even have to use that whole package of yeast. Matter of fact, that could probably be overkill. It doesn't take hardly any of that at all. And the bread blows up. What is it? The scriptures taught us a little bit of leaven can leaven the whole lump. We need to understand this principle of small things. Let me tell you a story. Years ago, years ago, probably 30-something years ago, more than that, uh, my family, we knew an individual uh, in a church, and they were faithful servants of the Lord. God used them. And somewhere along the journey, this individual was asked to take care of some financial things for the church. They were honored to do so, began to do so, take care of those things. I don't know what happened. I know something happened financially that they were exposed to, and they saw it. They went and talked with the pastor about it. The pastor was aware. He let them know, yes, we know, we're working with that. But that little thing, because they saw it, they just couldn't get past it. Didn't affect them in terms of what had taken place. Now, it affected the pastor, but it didn't affect them. But they just couldn't get past it. The more they thought about it, the more irritated they got. And... We knew this individual. They moved. Their job moved them. They went to another church, started working there, getting involved, getting engaged. But it seems that little thing that had gotten, can I say it this way, sort of they got something stuck in their craw. I don't know if you say that, and that's a southern thing. Do you guys understand that statement if I make that statement? Like a burr in the saddle. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Some of you understand that statement. Some of you are like, I don't. Like a little pebble in your shoe. How's that? Right? There you go. Now you're like, okay, I, know, I understand that language. Okay, sorry. There's some of my southern roots coming out, right? No, what happened? It, it can be a little bitty pebble in the shoe, but man, it, it can be so tiny. You ever dump that out and you're like, that tiny little thing? But man, it can irritate you, right? Well, that's what happened in this individual's life. And even though they left that situation and went to another one, that thing had gotten in their heart. They didn't guard their heart with diligence. And even though it didn't directly affect them, it started affecting their thinking. They got worked up about it. It got in their heart. Eventually, it got in their spirit. And so then they started judging every situation through that lens everywhere they went. Now, it was a one-time thing years before, but they began judging every situation through that one event that they just couldn't move past. That little thing. 
it so greatly affected them that sadly they walked away from church and God completely. Now, they wouldn't tell you it was that little thing, but I saw a pattern through life from our family interacting at times along the way. A little thing. A little thing. And so, these things will come and they can destroy a life if I continue to entertain them and I don't go to the Lord and say, hold on. You know, how many have ever heard of Apple? They make phones? Okay, you have. Okay, good. Yeah, some of you have. All right. Hadn't heard of bird in the saddle, but you heard of apple. See, I was trying to get something more relevant for you. Um, you've heard of apple, right? Apple has, I, did, I, I learned this from somebody that had worked for them. Apple has as part of their mission statement for people that become a part of their organization. One of the things they ask of people is, look, with all of your coworkers, one of our goals is always assume the best. Always assume the best. And I thought, man, that ought to be people of God in the body of Christ. That should be something that becomes a part of our life. That I always assume the best about my brother, about my sister. But my human nature, my human nature would do the opposite. If I'm not finding an altar daily, crucifying my flesh, dying out to my will, seeking to have the heart and the mind of God, then rather than me assume the best about my brother or sister, I would assume the worst. God forbid. God forbid. Now, you say, well, but what if I assume the best, but it wasn't? I'll let you in on something I've learned in 50-plus years of living. The Lord will let things come sometimes to find out, are you going to get offended and show how much of your flesh is still living? Or are you going to have the mind of Christ that prefers your brother or sister and seeks to restore and make amends and endeavors to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Does that make sense? I'm as human as you are. I've had my feelings hurt. And I'll probably have my feelings hurt again. And you will too. It's not a justification for those things. But how I respond to that as a child of God. And I begin to go, hold on. This is a little thing. Am I going to allow a little thing to grow and become bigger and bigger and bigger? This is how the adversary works. He'll plant a thought in your mind. I, I don't know why all these stories are coming to my mind. Uh, when I was younger... I, I used to listen to, I'll, I'll get in trouble for sharing this later, so y'all have to forgive me. Um, when I was younger, I used to, my uncle had all these records, and so we would listen to his old records. And he had this record, there was a family, it was, a, it was like a comedy radio show from the 30s or 40s, and they were called the Bickersons. Uh, John and Blanche, I think were their names. I think some men, we listened to one of those one time, 
years ago. And it was just an old radio comedy show. Uh, but the thing is, John and Blanche were always going at each other. They were always bickering. That's why they were called the Bickersons. And it was always the craziest thing. He had a sleeping problem. He would snore. And so because of his snoring, she would wake up. And since she would wake up, she would wake him up. And she would want to address life's issues in the middle of the night at 3 in the morning. Right? And so that was sort of the radio show. And they'd have the, you know, it, it was sort of tongue-in-cheek. It was hilarious in some ways. But uh, what would happen is, it, all of that to say this, he would make some statement to her, and she would say, you say it, but you're not going to do it. And he was like, I will, I will tomorrow. Let me just get some sleep. I, and she's like, you say it, but you're not. He's like, Blanche, I'm going to do it. She says, get up and do it now. He's like, it's 3 in the morning. Get up and do it now. Well, and she would start running with these thoughts. He would say something, and she would... It would go from the statement he made. She would add things to it. And before long, she had him killing her off and shipping her off in luggage and all this crazy. Like, and he's like, Blanche, what are you talking about? <laughs> right? It was very comedic. But the point I'm making is what would happen is it would be one thought. And her mind would take that thought. And she would just add to it and build on it. And she'd be all the way out in left field, him doing something. And he's like, what in the world? talking about well what was it it was a little thought that she began to entertain and add her own thoughts to it and this little thing became a big thing now that's that was a small comedic thing but this is what happens in our human nature and in our spirit if we're not careful and this is how the adversary works to bring division it's how the adversary works to cause you and I to try to get us to disconnect. Is he'll plant a little thought. Or maybe something really does take place. A small thing. Well, they know what they did. Maybe. But they're human. And you and I are children of God. So am I going to extend the mercy and the grace and the forgiveness of God? Or am I going to step into a place of offense and judgment and criticism and backbiting? And right now, I don't know anything going on. I think, oh, man, he's giving us a lecture. Because, no, no, no. The Lord is trying to give us some wisdom in our life. OK, because those little things get in. And if I don't guard my heart with all diligence, notice the second part. Out of it are the issues of life. And these little things that get in and aren't dealt with at an altar in relationship with God, they begin to flow out. Out of it. And they begin to affect life. They begin to affect life. They affect the lens through which I see situations and circumstances and people. And I begin putting that offense, because it becomes an offense or something. In my, I begin looking at everything through that lens of offense. Brother Martin said something to me. And the way he said it, I took it a certain way. 
He didn't mean it that way. But I took it that way. And I continued to turn that. Rather than giving my brother the benefit of the doubt. Or here's a novel thing. Rather than going to my brother. And saying hey. You said this. I know you probably. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt right. I know you probably didn't mean anything. But when you said it this is what it felt like to me. And giving him an opportunity. Wait, what am I doing? I'm going to my brother. Now I'm not going over here and going. Do you know what Martin said to me? I'm telling you. Watch yourself around them. You can't trust him. That's not what a child of God would do. It's not what a child of God would do. The scripture is clear. If your brother's offended you, he knows it and he should come talk to you. That's not what the Bible says, is it? That's how we think. He knows what he did. He owes me an apology and I'll just wait till he comes and gives it to me. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says if your brother offends you, so if he offended me, the Bible says I I'm supposed to go to him. Oh, no. <laughs> that ain't happening. He knows what he did. He's supposed to come to me. That's not what Jesus said. It's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, I'm supposed to go to him. Now, I've had that happen in my life, and I've gone to a brother, and I've said something, and they've been like, oh, my goodness, are, are you serious? I had no idea. That's probably happened more often than not for me. I had, I had no, I, I, no, I didn't. I, oh, my goodness. Are you, like, they're, they're just shocked that it even. And so what happened when I went to them our relationship was not shattered. And they probably gleaned some things about how they communicate or what they do and how that can be perceived. But there was no damage done between brothers in the body. A little thing wasn't allowed to become a big thing. It's guarding my heart. Guarding my heart. Guarding my heart. I I have watched situations in life where here's the crazy thing about getting an offense or holding on to some bitterness in my life. I have witnessed and watched in my life where it sort of sat beneath the surface. And at times I've been like, man, I wish I knew what was going on there. And I determine all I can figure is there's somebody's holding on to unforgiveness or bitterness or offense. Because it affects the overall spirit of the individual, of you and I. And I've watched through the years, unfortunately, in some situations... Where because that was never dealt with, it just continued to grow. It continued to take root in their life. 
And if it was just that individual, it would be okay. But I'll tell you what I witnessed. I witnessed it to begin to show up in their children. Their children had no clue. They didn't know why they were so sarcastic. They didn't know why their children were so opposed to authority. They didn't know why their children. And I'm like, it's what's gotten in your spirit that's been there. And when you communicate, it's coming out of your spirit. And it's affecting those precious children. And they don't even understand why or what's going on. But as they get older, it begins to show up in their life. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12. This is important for us. This is important for us. Hebrews 12 and 12. I'm finishing here. The writer of Hebrews said, Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Verse 13. Watch, he's giving instruction here. Lift up the hands that hang down, your feeble knees. Make straight paths for your feet. He's talking about our daily walk. Make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. Now he's addressing something that, look, if you don't get your path straight, this place where there's a wound, it'll get turned out of the way. In other words, it'll stop walking in the way it's intended to if you don't get your feet on a straight path. So rather than avoid dealing with that place that's wounded, the lame, make straight paths for your feet, let it rather be healed rather than turned out of the way. Let it be healed. Now watch verse 14. Follow peace with all men. Well, what does that have to do with all this? Everything. You want to talk about a wound becoming lame, it's when I start losing peace with all men. Animosity here. Avoidance there. Division here. These are things that erode at the unity of the body. So what do I do? I guard my heart with all diligence. I guard my heart with all diligence. If, if my brother said or sister said or done something that's rubbed me the wrong way, I go to an altar, and if it still seems to eat at me, I go to my brother, my sister, giving the benefit of the doubt. Why? Because I'm endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Now, in the world, we'll see divisions, we'll see strife, we'll see turmoil. But the scripture tells us the world will know we're his disciples by the love we have one for another. How we treat each other becomes a testimony to the world. Now watch. Follow peace with all men in holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Verse 15. Looking diligently. There's that word again, right? Guard your heart with all diligence. Looking diligently, lest... Any man fail of the grace of God. I can fail of the grace of God. Notice, he didn't say the grace of God is failing. Man fails of the grace of God. How does man fail of the grace of God? Not looking diligently 
And so what happens? Lest any root of bitterness. See the thing about a root? You can't see it. It's always beneath the surface. It's always beneath the surface. But if I'm not following peace with all men and holiness with God, if I'm not walking and making straight paths for my feet, what happens is these little things get in. And then it becomes bitterness. And before long, it becomes a root of bitterness. And the deception is, I'm okay. I I just go back and pray about it. If I don't get it rooted out, somewhere along the way, that root of bitterness will spring up. And here's what happens sometimes when there's roots of bitterness. For some individuals, it can be an outburst in anger. They're not addressing the root of bitterness. But it's that root that's affecting how they perceive things, how they feel about things. And so there's that. Or they go into these seasons of just shutting down, emotional shutdown, disconnection, no communication with anybody. I just don't want to talk, giving people the silent treat. What is, it's, oftentimes it's a root of bitterness. It's not being addressed. And sometimes it's been suppressed so long that it is like, I don't know. We must not let little things stay idle in our spirit. We must take them to the Lord. Say, I'm guarding my heart with all diligence. I'm not going to allow this thing to become a root of bitterness in my life. Why? Because what happens? The root of bitterness sooner or later springs up and notice it troubles you. And if it stopped there, that would be bad enough, but it doesn't. Notice the last part of the verse. And thereby many be defiled. How does that work? That's what I was describing to you that I'd witnessed in families, unfortunately, at times through the years. Mom or dad or somebody got an offense in their spirit, got bitterness in their spirit, and they thought they were dealing with it individually, keeping it. But in their communication, it was affecting their children. It was affecting their home. How come my home doesn't have any peace? Sometimes it's not the big things. It's the little things I'm leaving unaddressed. In my marriage, it seems like we have good days and bad days. And what's going on? Usually it's little things i got to address. Or there's this root that I, I, I need to address it. i got to have an honest conversation. And let's work through it. I want to guard my heart with all diligence. This is important for us as individuals, in our families, in our homes, and in the body of Christ. Little things. Would you stand with me tonight? I'm so thankful that Brother Joey and Sister Stephanie extended me nothing but grace Kindness, forgiveness. They just kept saying, oh, don't even think about it. Don't even. I was trying not to think about it, but it was eating at me. Because I don't want to be the one that puts that little thing in somebody's life, that stumbling block. Right? I want to own that part of it in my responsibility as well as a child of God. 
But if I do, if I do make that mistake, fall short, err, and that becomes something that's a little thing that could become a stumbling block for you, I pray of you, come to me. Have mercy. Extend grace. And by the grace of God, I promise I'm going to do the same to you. It's vital. Now, here's what will happen. If I don't deal with the little thing, it will become, as was shared in the word, a root. And then it becomes bitterness. Bitterness becomes unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will destroy a life. It will destroy a life. Started with a little thing. A little thing. Jesus said of Satan, he came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Guess what? He doesn't come in swinging a samurai sword that you see coming and so you get to duck and do it. He comes and says, let me plant a little thing. And I'm content to plant a little thing and let it keep working, let it keep growing, let it keep festering. And every once in a while I'll find ways to dump a little negative fertilizer on it, if I can say it that way. I'll shoot another thought your way that will add to it. And once I shoot that thought your way, you'll run with it, I know, because that root's still there and you haven't dealt with it. And, and then what will happen is I won't even have to plant any more thoughts. Your thoughts will just build it yourself, and you'll paint this beautiful story. Really not beautiful at all. You'll paint this story, and you'll forget where truth ended and your story started. And you can't even remember and before long, you start saying things that you think are true, but you don't even recognize. It's just part of the story you wrote. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The Lord was, why is this important? You say, this just feels like personal life stuff. It is personal life stuff. Living for God is personal life stuff. But it affects the body. It affects our home. And so the Spirit of God is saying, I can help you. I can help you if you're willing to be honest about the little things. And you're willing to go, I'm not going to. Here's the deception too. It's a little thing. I'll just ignore it. Now, if you're able to lay it on the altar, forgive and release it. Then you can ignore it. But if you're just going to file it over here in a corner of your mind and do your best to suppress it and try not to think about it, that's not ignoring it. That's giving it a place to continue to take root. And it'll start affecting every area of your life. Why? Because it got in your heart. And out of it are the issues of life. I know this doesn't make you jump up and down and run around, but I know where I am in the Holy Ghost tonight. And I know what the Lord is seeking to plant in our spirit for where he's taking us. And so I'd like you, right where you are, to find a place of prayer and begin to talk to the Lord about any little thing.
And if that little thing has maybe become a root, would you begin talking to the Lord about that? And as the Lord begins dealing with you, if he does, and you have to somewhere in the journey, in the days or weeks ahead, go to a brother, go to a sister, go to a friend, go to a family member, go and reach back to a coworker. See, it's not just limited to the body of Christ. I don't want anything to get in my heart that could become a root of bitterness. God, make us aware of little things. Make us aware of little things. Make us aware. Father, let me to have a heart and an attitude that says I'm going to assume the best about my brother. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. If I'm going to be like you, even when my brother brings harm my way, I'm going to forgive them. You said of those that brought harm to you, Jesus, forgive them. They just don't know what they're doing. I want the love of God for people. I want the heart of God for people, and especially for my brother and my sister. I pray your heart, O oh God, your thoughts, O oh God, your character working in me in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Forgive me, Lord, where I've thought the worst. Forgive me, Lord, where I've harbored any resentment to help me, Father. I pray your love and your mercy working in my life. Let me show forth the mercy that you've shown me. Let me extend the grace that you have freely extended to me. Let the love of God that's been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost, let me extend it to others that there be no schism, no division, no hindrance. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Lead us, God. Lead us in forgiveness. Lead us in reconciliation, Father. Lead us, I pray. Let our hearts and our minds and our spirit be washed by the blood and by the word of God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We trust you, God. We trust you, God. We trust you, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We trust you, Lord. We trust you, Lord. We trust you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
Hallelujah. I'm, I'm reminded of a story that a, a pastor shared from years ago. He pastored in Texas uh, over time. The congregation he pastored had grown several hundreds. And there was a family that had come into the church. Uh, first, the wife, and they had baptized her. God had filled her with the Holy Ghost. They had three children. She started bringing her children her children got in church. God filled their children with the Holy Ghost. And then this pastor reached, and ultimately her husband finally came. The Lord did a miracle, filled him with the Holy Ghost. This whole family in church living for God. Uh, the pastor said this man became like an amazing support to him. He said, like, man, anything we needed. He just had the servant's heart. He was ready to do it, eager to do it. This, uh, he said, we loved this family. They loved us. And, and their kids began to grow. And uh, he said, beautiful kids, beautiful family. These people were servants in the church. And uh, he said, but they're kids. He said, sometimes their kids could just be ugly. And he wasn't meaning like appearance. He said, they just be like, just mean. Their words could be so mean. And I, he said, I would sit and talk with my wife and say, I don't understand. Where, where's that coming from? And I, we know their parents. We spend time, we, you know, we love them. They love us. What's, what's going on? And. Uh, he he said one of the one of the girls was graduating high school, and he said we because they'd grown up in the church for many many years. He said, you know, he said well, we're coming to your graduation. They'd went to her graduation. He said she came over their house, and he said we were sitting at the table after the graduation. I'm talking with this girl, now a young lady. And said, so, what, you know, what's your plans now? What are you thinking now that you've graduated? And she said, oh, you know, I'm, somewhere, I'm hoping, you know, somewhere down the road here, I'll get married. This was quite a few years ago. And, and he goes, oh, you know, what, what do you want in a husband? She said, she started to name, well, you know, I want, him, I want him to be good looking. I want him to have a good job so they got, make good money. I want him to treat me good. And he said, she had her list of, of things she wanted. And she went down the list. He said, she had really high expectations. He said, I asked her, what do you plan to give in that marriage? If he's giving you all that, if you're getting all that from him, what is it that you're bringing into this? What do you? She said, well, I hadn't really thought about that. He said, and I saw a moment, and he said, I asked a question. He said, let's say you find that man and you get married. You've been married a few years. Years have gone by. You all have grown close. You can have real honest and intimate conversations. And you're sitting there one day in the morning finishing up cups of coffee across the table from each other. And you look at him and you say, hey, what was it you saw in me? 
attracted you to me that made me want to be your wife? He said, do you imagine him looking at you and saying, well, it was like your sharp wit and your quick sarcasm that seemed to just really be able to cut people up so fast. That really attracted me to you. And he said he began to share these things that he was seeing. He said it, it, in a positive way, it arrested this young lady's attention. But he said, I was still troubled because I couldn't understand where it was coming from in these children. He said, until. One of their family members was having surgery, and so he went to the hospital to be there. They'd ask if he would come and pray before the surgery. He went, and he said, I was there in the waiting room, and it just happened to be me and the mom, the first one that had ever come to the church. He said, and we were talking, and I just told her, was just telling her how much we appreciated them, and I was really bragging on her husband and how much, like, such a help and a blessing through the years he was and all he meant and how much he appreciated all that he did and gave of himself. And he said, sitting there, said, you know, he wasn't always that way. He said, well, when she said that, I could tell I'd struck a nerve. He said, oh. She said, well, you know, before he came to the Lord, he was a drunkard. And he beat on me, and nobody knows all that, but the way he treated me. And so this pastor said, I'm sitting there, and I'm listening, and I'm hearing all this. And he said, we've known these people for years. And he said, I made this statement to her. You've still not forgiven him, have you, after all these years? And he said, she looked at him and responded and said, no, I guess I haven't. And it had stayed there and affected all three of their children. Even though they'd been in church all their life. Growing up in that. This thing left from before God had got a hold of his life. And now it's affecting this whole family. See, little things, little things. I want to deal with little things. Amen. I want to deal with them. I want God. I want the love of God to work in my heart. I look at Brother Rigo back there. He works on cars. And uh, I'm always amazed at tires and wheels. You know, just takes a few of them and a whole plane full of people can land and they don't pop. Did you know that? Isn't that crazy? You know, if you've ever, you ever have your car pulled to the left or the right, right? Did you know you can take, when they do your tires, you put new tires on, they get these little bitty things, these weights. They like weigh grams. And they hammer them onto the side of your wheel. And that little bitty weight keeps that wheel going straight or not. And if one of those comes off, that wheel gets out of alignment. And you'll know because you'll feel it. But if you don't do anything, that tire starts wearing uneven. And it wears out long before it's intended to wear out. It doesn't last a full lifetime. Why? Because a little bitty weight, that small little thing can be the difference between it being in alignment and having a full life or being out of alignment and beginning to erode and wear away 
and not seeing its full life. When you're driving, you're fighting against it. Maybe not in a significant way, but it gets worse over time. I think about those little weights when I think about little things that would get in our spirit if I don't deal with it. You may not notice much over time, maybe just a little shake or a bump here. But if you leave it undone and you're just a little off course 10 years down the road, you'll be a long ways off course. Not trying to meddle, but the Holy Ghost is trying to help somebody. Holy Ghost trying to help somebody. It's not worth it. Take the little thing to the altar. Take it to the Lord. Let him have it. Get peace with all men. Let God bring healing and reconciliation. And let's go forward in the unity of the Spirit. Amen? Praise God. God bless you. Greet someone. You're dismissed in the beautiful name of Jesus.